What's up, everyone, and welcome to opening day of the 2018-2019 Rethinking Youth Ministry podcasting season. We're so excited that you're joining us, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having some real honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I am Brett, and around the table today we have Stuart Hall. Batters up. <laughs> Jamie Dickens. <laughs> yo, yo. And Ashley Bohens. hey <laughs> And today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about the question, what should I do with my student leaders? That's right. What should I do with my student leaders? Stuart, what do you do with them? <laughs> this is a, a four-minute episode. Stuart's going to give us an answer. Jamie was just here to say hello in his name. Yes. I'm and here to laugh. Stuart's going to give us the answer, and we're cutting it off. That's it. All right. So obviously, this is a tension that most of us are probably feeling. Because if you're like me, so I've been in youth ministry for like 12 years, and I feel like I've seen a hundred different churches do student leadership a hundred different ways. Mm. So what are some of the ways that we have seen different churches do student leadership before? Well, there's the no way. There are churches that you just go to student group, youth group their whole time. Okay. That's a way. There's nothing for the student leaders. There's nothing along those lines. You're either in the youth group or you're not. I say some churches kind of approach student leadership as like just filling a volunteer role, mm-hmm. not necessarily any special programming that's for good. them, but yeah. just what can they bring? Yeah, I would okay. say that's the, the second big category is the labor force category. Yeah. <laughs> they get us, they help us do stuff. I, w- I would also think that a lot of teenagers, their social circle, mm. like they're like youth ministry is more than just church. It's become their like their sphere of yeah. social relationships and things like that. And consequently, those teenagers wind up being the kids to get drawn or selected yeah. as a student leader. They may not necessarily have a ton of leadership bandwidth, yeah. but because they're always there, they're almost like a default leader. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. It's it, it just, generally speaking, that winds up being true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like a... I've seen different situations where kind of the the student leadership team is sort of just the, this is the group that the youth leader or the youth pastor or the youth worker connects with the most mm-hmm. or enjoys the most. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of the the set aside group that just gets most of, most of their attention, which tends to not necessarily create a lot of influence with other people when you feel like other people are getting mm-hmm. favored attention. Right. I think that really starts to get at the definition of a leader. What is a student leader? Because if it is just the loudest in the room or the most popular in the room or the one who comes the most or the one who's closest to you, well, that, that is easy. You just pick the ones that you like or the ones that... Yeah. Are, but if it's more than that, you actually, it's something you have to dig for. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, how, so how do we know? How do we know who our student leaders are? I would love to address the semantics of the question. Yeah. And again, I wind up being the dude that always does this. Corrects us. We know. um, (laughs) Well, technically, uh, the words you were looking for were... I was under the impression this podcast was rethinking youth ministry. Um, I just want to thank youth ministry. I don't want to... But you could ask, what should I do with student leaders as in... Like they're a second thought, Mm. like, you know what I mean? They're just kind Mm. of, I know I'm supposed to do something with them, but I don't really spend a ton of time thinking about it. So I've got my ministry over here. Right. Now what am I? Right. Or 
you your ministry is actually designed to develop influencers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which and I think that's a tension and a question that every student pastor in America needs to ask. Are we just going to do this because uh, Youth Ministry America thinks that leadership is important? Yep. And America, period, has a leadership deficit, or is it because we really, 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 really think this is incredibly important? Yeah. Mm. I, I think there's a tension there that before we move any further, student leaders have to answer that question. Yeah, right. I, I think one of the tensions that goes hand in hand with that isn't isn't just a value judgment, though it is, but it's also, uh, I'm busy as crap. Mm. and. I'm trying to run a ministry. I'm trying to get ready for talks. I've got a camp coming up. I got parents, you know, all of that. And then all the logistics and all the volunteers. And then it ends up leadership starts taking a back burner sure. or a back seat. And you're like, oh, crud, I should be doing something. Or you hear about somebody else who's mm. killing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, I wish I was doing that. And so I think it, part of it is I'm busy and I'm not sure how to do it right. really well. Right. I want to be great at it, but I don't, I don't know. Where, what resources are out there? What trainings out there? Can yeah. somebody help me? And, and here's where I think we're all on equal footing. If you look at leadership period in America, we are awful at determining who is a leader. Hmm. Hmm. Let's just take a step back and swallow hard and admit that. There have been moral failings of leaders in Hollywood, moral failings of leaders in politics, and now we are watching the church unravel. Absolutely. As we point the finger and go, that yep. person, he or she is a leader. So... Where we're going in this conversation, I think, is so important because we don't do it well. Yeah. And all the more reason why we should. So in in those situations, then, what are some characteristics or attributes of students, like you're saying, influencers, that we want to try to help develop and help become leaders? What what, what are we looking for? Yeah. I I would first submit that the pack always chooses the alpha dog. Hmm. Uh, Every single high school campus in America, every single youth ministry, if you really think about it, your students have already started choosing who the leaders are. Hmm. Um, And for a variety of reasons, many of them really good, some of them not that great. But for us to ignore the fact that the pack chooses the alpha dog, I have, you know, 13 years as a local church youth ministry, and I've experienced the effects of determining that this kid is going to be a leader and they're not the alpha dog. Mm-hmm. And what winds up happening is that kid winds up like getting hurt in some ways because you've set them up yeah. to lead yeah. and, and they don't have the bandwidth or capacity to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think first and foremost, it, it's very cerebral and take a step back and let's have some perspective. Who is it in our respective youth ministries that kids naturally gravitate toward? And some of those students may not necessarily be leading in a pl- towards something that's incredible, but they do have a capacity to lead. Hmm. I would say that first and foremost. Yep. Jamie? Yeah, I would say absolutely first and foremost. You can't ignore that because it will feel disingenuous to anyone else trying to follow you, the leadership, your structure, you're putting. They're like, bro, he's, he's by far the bigger leader. What is this guy? <laughs> but I think once you do that, I mean, then you can put other kinds of students around it. And I think to me what comes to mind is as a second tier, the whole, like, you know, man looks at the outward appearance and God looks at the heart. Yeah. Like, I think you do need to start to get, as you're filling out a leadership team, you're, like, looking for students who have a heart for Jesus, a heart for people, a heart for your ministry. That Because sometimes it's not always obvious. Sometimes 
the end of the day, the biggest influencer, maybe not the biggest popular leader, but the biggest influencer is a kid I would have never hmm. right. mm-hmm. in the first five seconds ever expected. Right. But then you discover they have this heart that God's created preparing for influence. And if you invest in them, it just explodes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you see them leading in positions that aren't part of your ministry, like whether it's on their athletic team or something at school. And you're like, oh, I had no idea yeah. you had that yeah. in you because I haven't right. seen that at youth group yet. Right. That's so. great. I, I actually had a conversation with a, a school administrator on my drive to record this. And I was just asking him some mm-hmm. questions about the student leadership experience and program they have as a part of their public school. Mm-hmm. And one of his frustrations is that, in the at least in this particular public school, the way that they basically choose leaders is if you're an AP student or an honor student. <laughs> they also will cut you out of the leadership program if you can't attend meetings. And he was referencing some athletes that they have in their school who weren't a part of the leadership program because they couldn't, this is pretty funny, they couldn't come to the leadership meeting because they were too busy leading on the football team. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm leading. It's so true. <laughs> but it's so true. Am I right, Ashley? Yes. You can't be, I in, the saw, le- you can't be in the leadership club. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're too busy leading. Actually, I felt like in our youth ministry up in Maryland, a lot of the most influential students were the ones who weren't there all the time. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they would oh, come yeah. in the room, the whole dynamic of the room would change because all of a sudden the influence was yeah. influence were there. Mm. And so that becomes really difficult as a youth leader. Like, right. how do you leverage that influence when they aren't there all the time? Right. Yeah. You know? I, I know. I always felt that tension between. So when it comes to my, you know, my student leadership team or the people that I'm trying to invest and develop or whatever that looks like, do you go after the ones that seem to have the most influence among their peers or you do you go to the ones that seem the most committed to the ministry and willing to be poured into because those don't always overlap. So how do you, how do you wrestle with that? I think the answer to that is yes. Hmm. I think it's both. Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. I think first of all, leadership isn't a position. It's a choice. Hmm. Influence is a choice. You can choose for your life to become influential. Now, relative to how much, you know, leverage you have in someone's life, but it really is a choice. I, Teenagers have a choice to walk in integrity, to choose to be defined by what is true. They have a choice to be humble, to choose first to go last. That's a choice. And so I think first and foremost, we have to recognize that leadership is a choice. And secondly, you're going to have students who want to be influential that aren't. And then you have some that are really influential but aren't leading in a in a direction that you want kids to follow. Yeah. And then you're going to have some that don't want to be, but need to be because yes. you can see it. Right. So to me, I wrote down three things coming into this podcast. There were in my mind, I was like three things. I feel like we do need to redefine in leadership. And one of them, I just said, I think we need to redefine potential hmm. uh, of what it means to be a leader. And primarily, I mean, on behalf of the student, hmm. meaning like, so I'm in category a, there's a student that doesn't see it. And you have to help him or her see it. Right. Hey, I see more. I remember the time my student pastor told me, I see more in you than you see in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it changed my life mm. in high school. But we were just also talking about category B, the student who already is at the top of the, uh, you know, front of the pack. Right. But the thing about leaders and influencers is they're busy and they have a lot. They, they don't, they have all the options. Their time mm. is full. And sometimes our job is to walk into the middle of that and you, bro, I know that you could fill your entire day with everything and cast a vision for Leadership here needs to be one of them because God could use you. In fact, he is using you and so good, casting a vision for them to see the potential mm, that yep. they already have, right. but they're just spending it elsewhere. And I, yeah. I would say that there's an unspoken implication in everything that Jamie is saying. 
And the unspoken implication is if you're a program-centered ministry, hmm. all you're going to do is think student leadership that helps our program. Yeah. If you're a people-centered ministry, you're going to think, how do I help this kid become the best version of themselves? Right. One of the things that he said is that unless there's a relation, there's a person looking into the eyes and the hearts of a kid and going, that kid has potential. I think that's part of the reason why we're missing a ton mm. of opportunities to raise up leaders is because we become very program-centric and not people-centric. Once you become people-centric, the game changes. And I think all of a sudden you realize we have leadership potential all around Everywhere. us. Yeah. So you just I, don't know when yeah. you don't when you're program centered. I, I want to get to the other things on your list, but with what Stuart said, I think one of the tensions and the challenges that so many youth leaders feel is they were hired a lot of times to run programs sure. and to do those things. And there's this tension between do I invest in these students that show up maybe once a month, once a six weeks? I give them opportunities to, to, to lead. Maybe, maybe it is an event or a program or something like that. And then I've got parents that are coming to me and saying, wait a minute, they're never here. My kid's here every single week, and he doesn't get opportunities to do that. Mm -hmm. So how would, you, how would you handle some of those <laughs> critical conversations with parents who think that their students or you know their kids should have a certain level of leadership because they're just around more often. There's a principle in coaching that I've learned that you you treat every single kid fairly, but you don't treat every single kid equally. Hmm. Every single kid you treat them fairly, but you do not treat them equally. Ashley was an incredible athlete in high school and college. She was busy. Ashley by her own admission didn't spend a ton of time in youth ministry circles. But if I was her student pastor, I feel like I would have had a responsibility mm. because I see leadership potential in her. I'm going to treat every single kid fairly, but I'm not going to treat them equally because every single teenager is at a different place spiritually, yep. they're at a different place relationally. And I think what I'm saying even speaks even more into the relational aspect of ministry because you don't know that if you're not relationally connected right. to kids. Right. So... Yes, difficult conversations with moms and dads. I'm, it reminds me, uh, I wrote this down, Richard Rohr has this statement, many have used their faith for order, certitude, and a predictable family or tribe, and then call it objective truth hmm. when it's actually very subjective. Hmm. I think a lot of moms and dads and families, they and I, it's so important and good and critical. You make your your youth ministry your sphere. I mean, it's it's your son and everything yeah. about you orbits around it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that kid is a well. That kid's a leader because they're here all the time. Right. Right. <laughs> that I think that's uh, for a lack of a better term, that's stinking thinking. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Well, and I it think is. It, oh, good, good. I was gonna say I think it's different regionally too. Like, how normal is it to even go to church? in that Ooh. part of the country. Like for me, I did youth ministry on the East Coast and it wasn't normal or cool to go to church. Right. So to get, sometimes get the most influential kids in the schools, the last place they're going to be is your youth group. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like moving down to the South, it's going to church is so much more normal down here. Mm -hmm. And so you see actually the people who come most often might be the most influential people in those schools. Where up North, I felt like, I mean, this just might be my experience. It was almost the weird kids mm -hmm. who came to youth group normally, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
I would. I, can I pour gas on that real quick, Jamie? Oh, I was going to pour gas as well. We'll just start a bonfire. As long as you pour gas. What? Not on me, please. I was going to pass gas, but you go ahead and pour gas. Wait, Jamie's going to pass the gas to Stuart, and he can pour it. Perfect. Go ahead. I would rather not touch Jamie's gas. Ashley is not amused. She's like, y'all are idiots. What did I start? Did you see that look? She's like, y'all are idiots. Go ahead. Pour the gas. Someone pour the gas. I was just going to say, perhaps on the East Coast or wherever, you know, New England or wherever church is not necessarily the cool thing. What if our student leadership development in our churches attracted teenagers? <laughs> because every kid in America, I mean, influence is the hot topic at this point. Right. And I think it's a great magnet to get teenagers to be a part of your church if you're actually developing them to become influential. Yeah. Not necessarily in your respective church, but a leader. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think the other thing I think we, we redefine is what's the end product. And am I just trying to make you an influencer for my, my so program good. and my, my numbers, my bottom line? Or am I just trying to make you an influencer to say, I just want to pour my cup into you to maximize your God-given influence wherever you are. Yeah. On the yeah. sports field, in your school. To say, I want to make you a student leader at my student ministry is, this is about me. Yeah. To say, I want to fan into flame the gift of God on you, like Paul said to Timothy. No, this is about you and what God's doing in your life. To me, in a, in a tr- culture that, you know, in places in the country where it's just not going to church isn't the thing, I'm like, that's way more attractive than saying, hey, come be a, a youth group leader. Right. I don't want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I want to be a leader. Yeah. And you couple that, Mark, Ostrikers spoke to our staff months ago and made the statement that most youth ministries in America are perfectly positioned to reach teenagers in 1986, mm-hmm. and then, <laughs> it, which is an incredible statement. And so in essence, if we're not careful, we could prepare students to lead a world that no longer exists. Yep. And how are we helping teenagers navigate they're the most, Generation Z is the most multiracial, sexually fluid, they're post-Christian, they're self-directed. Couple that with technology, education, politics, entertainment, all of those pillars of influence that everyone screams about, yeah. are we helping them lead that world or mm. preparing them for to that lead world. that world? Yeah, well, are that's you preparing it, them to live the in a church or are you preparing them to live in the world? Which one right. is, the, is it? And I think a lot of times it's easy to go, I'm just preparing you to be a good church worker one yeah. day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, it's so true. Bro, I don't right. want to work at a church. I right. Yeah, I'm not, sh- I'm not so sure we should take great... It's not a bad thing, but should we take as much joy as we take that all of our kids decide, I want to intern at the church, right? as opposed to, no, I want to go get a job here so I can be light and darkness. So any time a student would come to me and they would say, hey, I really, I really feel like God's calling me to ministry, I felt like one of my first things to do was almost to talk them out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and try to help them understand. Because I feel like what happens most oftentimes, especially kind of to the church kids, and this was me, so this was kind of totally something that I'm kind of, you know, talking to myself about this, is a call to ministry is really the first time that we start to take serious Ooh. what it means for us to, to just follow Jesus. Bang that drum. And, and we just assume when we grow up in the church that, well, if if I'm going to be serious about following Jesus, I right. guess I'm supposed to be a pastor. Right. And so I feel like one of the most responsible things that we can do as youth leaders is when students start talking about 
calls to, to ministries or, or, or being pastors and different things like that, which I, I do think that, that was a specific call for me. But I think for most people, it's just a misplaced call to follow Jesus. And what we mm. really need to be doing is helping them to understand what their gifts and what their passions and what their talents are. Like, you don't have to just do this in the church. As a matter of fact, you probably shouldn't do this in the church. Right. You, should ju- you should go do this There's in the marketplace. You go do this in the school. You right. go do this somewhere else. And I think that this is a generation, and I always hate using broad language like that because I don't know, but it seems like with where social media is right now, with where social justice is right now, it seems like this generation is more aware of wanting to create impact mm-hmm. and influence right. more so than I did when I was 13 no years question. old. Thanks yeah. to social media. Yeah. Where they and, actually have more influence yes. because they have a platform. And what a shame that we've pulled the Great Commission down to church work. I yes. mean, if the Great Commission wasn't a call to do church work. It was yeah. a call to go into the world and, and I, make disciples and do ministry. I would also submit that calling may be the most misunderstood and mm. abused theology in the Bible hmm. because you just nailed it. My calling is to Jesus. It's not to... God can't tell me, Stuart, I want you to go to Africa and me say to him, no, I'm called to work with teenagers in America. He's called me to himself. And if he's called me to himself, that means every single teenager that we minister to has the capacity to be a, an influencer. They have the ability to be a leader. Yeah. Ashley, you're chomping at the I was going to say, going back to your first question, Brett, where you said, like, what do you look for in a student leader? Yeah. I was just thinking from the middle school perspective, um, I think it's maybe a little different. Mm. One of the things I've always looked for is what middle schooler knows themselves well, Mm. because it's so Mm. rare to find middle schoolers that are self-aware enough to even know, like, (laughs) are they confident enough in who they are? And I think middle school students are so drawn to the confident person in the room because they're not confident. But I also think when it comes to middle school leaders, a lot of times it's about the pack. Mm. It's not about the one because like middle school is all about like their friends and their peers and peer approval. So it's like, look for that, that pack of leaders because people are going to be drawn. They want to be accepted Mm -hmm. in that group. I mean, they build unfathomably large social media platforms and they're only going to go to a party or an event if everybody else is going. Mm -hmm. And it's really a lot of pressure to put on a middle school student to call one person a leader because they're still trying to figure out who they are. They're asking, who am I? Who do I want to be? Who likes me? Who doesn't like me? You know, where am I going? And they're asking those questions. And what better time in life to give, an, give them an opportunity to speak leadership and influence into them mm. and start setting them and their friend groups up to mm-hmm. move up into the mm-hmm. high school ministry and, and do ministry. Ashley, your expertise is in middle school ministry. How, how do you help, for example, a middle school student can't think abstract thought until after puberty? Influence seems to be a very abstract idea. Hmm. How do you help a middle school student think influence and leadership? That's a great question. I mean, they begin to think abstractly when they're going through puberty, right? And so it's not like, you know, one day the light turns on (laughs) and all of a sudden they can do it. It's like a wimpy muscle. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, with with the ability to think abstractly comes the ability to see in third person and see like yourself the way somebody else might see you. And so obviously as the the age of puberty gets younger and younger and younger, that means some of them have already gone through puberty by the time they move into your middle school ministry. Like they're there. The hormones in the chicken. Yeah. Like half (laughs) half of them are and half of them aren't. And that's just how it is. Um, and Sixth I grader think, going, hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I wonder how abstract. Hey, I was going to say. I'm 11. <laughs> I was going to say that I think there are test cases for this. I think it can get more. It doesn't have to stay abstract. I think it can get practical. I think when you have like, a, for example, if you have an opportunity to serve in middle school, mm-hmm. I think you begin to see, hey, there's a, there's a girl oh, who's already getting yeah. it. Yep. There's a guy who, when I heard him talk about that, like his brain is wrapping around the importance of helping someone outside of himself. Yeah, yeah. That joker over there doesn't know what the heck is even going on. Right. Doesn't mean he won't be ready. He's just not ready right now. Right. So I think you, it, yeah. you know. I'm, the next generation will learn more about who God created them to be when they do what God created yeah. them to do. So I think yeah. you give them something to do, and then you let the cream rise or the mature rise to the top in that instance. I mean, if you just want a practical And, and middle step. schoolers are they still believe that they can really change the world, you know? And so they get excited or passionate about something. And if you can help leverage that excitement and that passion towards something, like you use the example, Jamie, of service. I remember I had a group of of middle school students when I was a school teacher, and it was a leadership group. We met every week. And that was really what was based around was service projects. And whatever student had a passion about something, they got to help figure out the project. And I would just help them lead this group of 43 leadership students. And we would do that. And then what would happen is, is they would see someone else leading, you know, a project because mm-hmm. that was concrete yeah. and then they wanted to lead that project and it birthed so many different, right. Right. you know, passions. And a lot of them, it's really cool to see what they're doing now as grownups. They're finished with college now. And a lot of them have pursued things that they started talking about when they were in middle school. Hmm. Yeah. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jamie, I would be interested. You lead at a church that's in the heart of Buckhead, for those yeah. listening, uh, it's it's a pretty diverse area because you have you can have schools that may be lower on the economic sure. s- standpoint, and then you've got insanely affluent, insanely, people, affluent. insanely affluent private schools. Right how how do you do leadership in that setting? <laughs> yeah, I think <clears throat> um, teach us Obi Wan. No, I just, <laughs> that's not what's about to happen, but I. I think we just we just really work to create serving as a part of our culture. So we have serving opportunities on Sunday morning, as y'all know, um, or you around the table know. But so our high school students we meet on Sunday nights so that they can serve on Sunday morning. And so I don't, you know, no matter who you are, you're rich, poor, private, public, black, white, whatever, brown. You know, you can go serve and experience giving your life mm-hmm. away, and 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 do it there. Uh, but then I think the second is exposure. A couple times a year, we want to expose our students to need. So I think we do one internationally and then one locally. Like, um, and we have specific ways that we do that. But you know, so for some students, they're like, "Yeah, no crap, I knew that was happening. I live around there." And then others are like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> not everyone flies first class." You're like, mm. "No, they don't." You know, and <laughs> but it's not their no one's fault either way. It's right. just how you were raised and where you were raised. But I think as far as mobilizing that, I mean, that's service and that's awareness. I think as far as mobilizing leadership, the key decision that you have, I think as a student pastor is, and it's going to be a hard one. And it is a hard one for me because, and therefore I believe it's probably a hard one for a lot of our listeners is if you want to have student leaders, you're going to have to give ministry away. Hmm. Oh, wow. You're actually going to have to create space that you're not going to do it. You're going to let them do it and you're going to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. That means you're going to have to plan differently. You're going to have to do more logistics to go, Mm -hmm. we've got to prepare to let them lead this because it's not just going to happen. We've got to Mm -hmm. over-communicate. We've got to rally them. We've got to get things. We've got to set it up. I've got to meet with them beforehand. Then I've got to walk with them through it. Then we've got to debrief afterwards, and then we've got to do it again, and I've got to get the right people in place, and I've got to have hard conversations. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But you've got fundamentally got to go, this thing, I'm giving it away. Yeah. And... I mean, I, we could get into practicals. I got a whole list of practicals that we're trying right now of what we try to give away to them. 
And then the flip side, though, is also it's not just an ask. It's a give, right? Because we're talking about we're making trying to make them influencers. Don't come just serve us. I want to pour into you. There you go. Yeah. You got to you got to do both at the same time or I think you're just asking and mm-hmm. I think they're probably not going to be engaged. But. Absolutely. And I think that you know there's there's a level of of delegation that I think is always just difficult sometimes for some leaders, but I think it's at a different level sometimes when we think about that being students. We feel like mm-hmm. it's riskier, we mm-hmm. feel like there's less of a chance of it going the way that we wanted it to go or the way that we saw it in our heads. Right. And then some of that then comes back to ego. Okay, you know, it's not about oh. me. It's not about the way that I wanted it to go. It's about what's going to, you know, create the most amount of influence. What yeah. ego will get in the way and quality will get in the way. Like if they do it, it won't be as good. Okay. Well, then you'll never have student leaders. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's what, you know, so there are things that we've selected not to. Like we don't ask students to be in our worship band because we want them worshiping in the audience. This is their time. They can do it in other environments. They can sing in Upstreet or Wombaland or kids' ministries. But what we do is, like, we're, we, we try to find moments within Inside Out for students, uh, to, especially upperclassmen leaders, to contribute to content and programming, like sit around once a month. And, like, here's what we're doing. What do you think? Mm. Oh, my gosh. I actually said something, and it happened on the stage. I matter here all of a sudden. Uh, two uh, upperclassmen and boring into lowerclassmen, so seniors, freshmen, Seniors, juniors, and freshmen, stuff like that. But I mean, I could go on. But yeah, that's great stuff, man. I think finding very specific things to give away until you do that, your student leadership team is just a theory. Yeah, it's just an idea, and we can talk about ideas all day long. But until you actually go, no, this is what they do, and then those whoever's doing that, those are the people I'm pouring into, and I'm trying to maximize their leadership level. It's just an idea. Mm. And I think if we're not careful, um, we can end up dumping something on a student when they're not necessarily ready to lead it. And so I think there's steps that need to happen before we give away influence and give away a task. Like we need to identify who might be the best person to lead this and then do some training or let them kind of watch you lead it and then coach them along the way before you fully pass it off so that you set them up to win. Absolutely. I mean, the three steps of of leadership development, in my opinion, are you're identifying leaders. That's a process. We could talk about that. You train leaders. You prepare them for what you're going to get them to do. And then you really got to commit to empowering them. Hmm. Love that. Identify, train, and empower. And then, you know, you continue on from there. Of course. Um, But no, it's not simply like, hey, go do this, go do this, go do this. Again, anytime you're just saying, go do this, it's a you-centered model. And it's not leadership development. It's staffing. Right. It's workforce yeah. uh, development. Yeah, it's child labor. It, child labor. Yeah. it should be about making them better yeah. as leaders in yeah. addition to making whatever task you're doing better. Because I'm almost Amen. hearing two different kinds of student leadership is what we're talking about. We're talking about like, yeah, there, there are all sorts of things that within the context that, we, that we're talking about with youth ministries and with churches and different things like that, there are all sorts of ways that we can, we can create opportunities for them and equip them and allow them to have influence other people. But there's also this whole other world that they live in that sometimes student ministry is not a very big part of for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But it's a part of it, and Jesus is a part of their life, and the church is a part of their life. And so in those situations where they're not necessarily coming to us, like you're saying, Jamie, and it's not all about us and them doing things for us. So in that world, it's almost like there's a different, whether it's a strategy or a different idea of what student leadership and what influence looks like. I think it's the two sides of the coin. One side is the guy we do really well. It's the invitation. Hey, come serve. Come help. Come be a part of it. Keep me on the team. Make this happen. Lead, lead, lead. And then that's the invitation. Come work for me. But then there's the investment. 
at the mm. same time that you're coming and serving here, this is just the arena in which I'm going to invest in you because I realize this is only one little circle of your broader influence. And if we swallow hard, I think that's the area where there has been an absolute black hole void. Oh, yeah. The fl- other side of the coin, nothing. There, we don't. Out there. We don't fuel them. We give the church is readily is a great place for you to give them opportunities to serve. Right. But we do, in in my estimation, historically, we've done an awful job mm-hmm. of fueling and helping students understand influence. Because I don't think they're two separate worlds. I think I think uh, the church is a great place to apply what hopefully the church exactly. that we have the monopoly on purpose. We should be the loudest, clearest voice as it relates mm. to leadership development. Right. Because at the end of the day, whether it's corporate business, politics, technology, whatever it is that you choose, your occupation path or career, whatever you decide, at the end of that is people. Mm. And that's what we're trying to do is to help students become adults who understand that the souls of people matter. Mm. So, so what resources are out there that that would help us do this well with what we're talking about? Because, I mean, I can tell you right now, you can Google search like, student leadership or something like that. And you're going to get a, a buttload of hits and different things like that. But what, what exactly is a buttload? A buttload. A buttload? Over six, a- over 16,000, I think is officially the way. That- <laughs> Wait, is that the real definition? I guess it, I love that I Ashley really will believe depends. anything I say. It depends on <gasps> whose like, butt really? I love talking it. about. What is the measurement of buttload? Over 16,000. It depends 000. on whose butt well, you, it is. You did it. Of eat. That's why I was like, oh, that's a real question and answer. Yeah. I just learned okay. something. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. I just wanted, I was, yeah, you know, I think one of the things that we may have lost along the way that we should remember is what the whole point of this is. So for like, you know, in the, that passage in Ephesians 4, one of many that talks about spiritual gifts, it starts with, so Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And most of the time, me included, especially growing up, we stop there and we're like, yeah, there it is right there. Go into ministry. Go work at a church. <laughs> yeah. Go be a prophet, pastor, teacher. Well, prophet, we can argue about that later. But, <laughs> um, but the second part of the verse says the purpose of those things is to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's the whole point of working in a church is that the actual service work is meant to happen outside in the right. world. Yeah. That I'm trying to equip students not to come and work for my church and intern, though that's great if that's what they're called to, you know, prior to the conversation. <laughs> right. The real point is that I'm a pastor to try to get them to go out and be influencers That's in the good. world right. and serve yeah. in their professions and industries and all over and actually be like Christ followers and image bearers of God wherever they go. That is the Great Commission. Yeah. The Great Commission isn't to go work for a church. Yeah, we're, we're a day or two removed when we're recording this. There was a, a big uh, summit here in town of people in the sports world hmm. uh, where they just got together and talked about how do we use our relationship with Jesus to leverage or to use what we do to leverage our faith. (laughs) Um, I think that's what Jamie's getting at. Well, Stuart, I want to ask you a question. I have along my journey, I'm almost doing this a decade, which is like a 10th of how long you've been doing it. That's not not fair. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, but what I found is I feel really confident and I feel really equipped more or less to get students to come work in the church and serve in my student ministry, mm-hmm. doing the things that I need them to do. Mm-hmm. I do not feel very equipped and resourced. And you know, it's my fault. I've tried to look, and I'm sure there are some stuff out there, but I don't feel really supported, nor do I feel like a great expert 
on how to empower them to go leave my building and go be influencers in their school, mm. in their summer job, and in whatever the college they go to, and in their life on and beyond. And here's what I do know, because of your amazing experience, you've launched this thing called Influencer that's been the product of all the years that you've been in ministry. And even in just our conversation so far, I am taking notes and bringing them back to my student ministry going like, this is what I've been missing. Mm-hmm. This is what the church has been missing. This is what my students have missed. This is my leadership has missed. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to talk about Influencer because it's dope and people need to know about it. Well, one, th- one thing I would say immediately uh, was I appreciate your use of the word dope. Uh, <laughs> secondly, because for us old people, it makes me feel hip and relevant. Um, the One thing I would say immediately is this idea that there's what we do for our students in church, and then let's enable and empower. I'm not sure. I, I think I'm not trying to be hyper-spiritual, but I don't think we can empower teenagers. I think that's the work of God in them. We can enable them to do mm. something, but the Spirit of God has to empower them. Hmm. And so we see it as separate. My contention is if, that, if we would focus most on helping a teenager become influential, what happens in your church will happen naturally. Mm-hmm. The, the issue is we have divided something that should be the same. Right. We, I think we have to redefine, we've got to quit defining leadership the way we define it because teenagers see it as position and not influence. Mm. And every leadership expert in the world, you know, leadership is influence. That's mm-hmm. what it's about. So how do we help a teenager become influential? You also mentioned at the very beginning of this recording that you're time-strapped. Mm-hmm. You are speaking for 99.999999% of youth ministers, youth pastors, student leaders all across the country. They don't have the time yeah. uh, to to. De- do something. So what we feel like our responsibility to do is to step into that void and perhaps hand a resource to a student pastor where the student pastor doesn't have to program an extra program. Mm -hmm. And there is constant ongoing fuel. I don't like calling it training because I think every teenager is going to take it a different way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, But we want to fuel. Investment. Yeah. I'm, I'm of the opinion that influence is built by equal to comparable parts, inspiration, perspiration, determination, information, and it has to be ongoing. So our vision was to be able to connect to men and women who are culture leaders, who love Jesus but aren't necessarily church-centric, and be able to sit down with them and say, if you could speak to a high school kid, for 10 minutes, what would you tell them about mm. what it means to have integrity, Love what it means that. to be humble, what it means to have grit and toughness, yeah. the things that we all know uh, make up an influencer. And then as well, be able to to tell them to use story and narrative, to use culture. There are movies, there are articles, there are happenings that we need to use to our benefit because they help teenagers Mm. see their life in a different way. And unfortunately, we're all sitting around this table and we've been involved for a long time in curriculum world. And because we want to be so far ahead, I think we lose an incredible advantage of being culture-centric and being able to talk about things when they happen because we miss incredible ready-made uh, lessons. And then I, there's two other big parts of the 
puzzle. One is I think our churches are full of men and women who may not necessarily have the bandwidth to lead a small group every week, but they are businessmen, businesswomen, leaders in their community, coaches, teachers, and they'd be more than willing to sit down with a group of five students once a month and talk about leadership. Hmm. I mean, they would get giddy about it, which means as a youth pastor, a student leader, you've just expanded your your volunteer like, yeah, base. Right. And then the, th- the other part of this is mom and dad, because there are a ton of youth leaders listening to this who have teenagers who have such incredible bandwidth from an influence perspective, but where they feel like God is leading them to, to, you know, whether it's an occupation path or whatever, and what mom and dad thought they should do could be two different <laughs> oh, things. And so <laughs> consequently, yeah. I think we have to help mom and dad speak into it as well. Mm-hmm. So Influencer is created so that every single week, the select high school students that you have and some middle school students, if you feel like they're there, receive a text. That text includes a link. They click on that link. And I mean, I could tell you the people that we're getting a chance. I just got the giddy about one we got confirmation of today of, of, of a culture leader who is willing to go, I want to speak to high school students, mm-hmm. and this is what I wish I knew when I was in yep. high school. Uh, and then the next week, that text is a different link. There's a different, it's a, whether it's a narrative or a, some sort of experience, that we want you to go watch this movie. We want you to have this conversation yeah. with your friends. Read this article. So I'm a youth leader. I'm in the car. I'm at my desk. I'm listening to this. I'm thinking or I'm rethinking, okay, I need to... I need to get serious about this, or I need to, to right. shift my perspective. Where where can I learn more about this influencer stuff? Influencer.co. Here's the problem. We we struggle spelling. So <laughs> it's I-N-F-L-U-N-S-R. Influencer. I, in, in, yeah. Influencer. Influencer. <laughs> but all I, caps. I, all, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's yes, right. Caps. Influencer! <laughs> Influencer. <laughs> Influencer, I-N-F-L-U-N-S-R dot co, the new dot com. <laughs> Saved you one letter. <laughs> yeah, and we'll put the link in our show notes. Absolutely. Is that what we call these things? Show it's in notes. The show notes, yeah. guys. Uh, we have a toll-free number, 84-influencer. Influencer spelled the same way. Does that go to your personal number? cell phone? Uh, no. <laughs> um, so you I, take the E's out of influencer. That's how you spell this word. Is that true? Take it. Influencer. Influ- yeah. Influencer, yeah. you're taking the. Yeah. Oh, in, that's incredible. In, that's so influencer, yeah. take the ease out, and it's easy. Hey, <laughs> check in the mail, buddy. Check in the mail. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, and then our social media presence is the same at influencer um, on Twitter and Instagram. The beautiful thing is that Orange is our official partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are our distributor to Youth Ministry America. It launched August the first. We could not be more ecstatic about. <laughs> oh my gosh. To me, what gets me giddy is seeing and hearing about youth ministries across America, being able to identify teenagers who, much like what you were saying, Ashley, the church has not seen their their leadership potential. Uh, And then even more so, being able to see students be willing and understand that God wants you to do what he created you to do. You do not have to reduce your life to sing, preach, be a missionary. So, Which there's nothing wrong with that. That's what we do. We love it. Yes. But there's obviously. a point to it. Exactly. <laughs> Just want to make sure people out there don't think right. we're hating on but, it. But, I mean, let's all agree. Yeah. Uh, in the time that we're 
recording this, our world desperately needs guys and girls that are going to go into culture and be oh my salt and light. Yeah. yeah. So, so as a youth pastor listening, uh-huh. if they want to start this whole influencer thing with the, the student leaders they have, what do they need to put in place prior oh, to... great. Such a great question. That's what I was going to ask. And Jamie's nailed it. I think you need to do two things right away. You need to begin to take a step back and identify who are those students, whether it's a natural leader, kid that has incredible potential, or they're chomping at the bit. Hmm. I think you need to begin to look for potential mentors. Who are those men and women in your mm-hmm. church who have incredible leadership experience or their capacity to lead is pretty high and take them out to eat and ask them, would you be willing to meet with five students once a month and just talk about the, the mentor, the parents, the youth, you, the youth leader and the teenagers get the same content during the month. So it's a ready-made thing for you Mm -hmm. to talk about. And then once you determine who those people are, bring them together, cast vision and let's roll. Yeah. And I would also add, I think what, what Jamie is doing um, at his church would be great. I know we're going to put it in the show notes, but is there anything you would add uh, based on what you're doing? No, I mean, no, I, I would think we're going to put in some show notes, some of the, some practical stuff that we're currently doing both on the invitation side. That's what I call it. Like, Hey, here's what we want you to do. And on the investment side, but man, we are pumped about influencer and to just add on to what you're saying, I'm already having conversations, um, and have been having conversations with some of my student leaders and to repeat what we said, I've had conversations of guys that are chomping at the bit, but they're in other areas. And I've had to cast vision for like, bro, I want this to be a place where your influence blows up. I want to invest in you and win them to it. Yeah. I've done it with guys that didn't see a bit of leadership in themselves, but I've had to, you know, speak it in them. So you're gonna have to do that on both sides. Right. The alphas, the non-alphas, but who've got the potential, you're gonna have to get in just like you said and paint that picture probably for them because yeah, leaders usually have to be recruited. Yeah. Ashley, you had another question. Yeah, I was just curious. Um, I don't know, Jimmy, maybe you are already doing this, um, but Stuart, I don't know what advice you'd give to listeners, but how do you partner with middle school ministries in Influencer? Like, are you going to do that at Buckhead Church? And what would you tell any listeners? Such a great question, Jamie. Well, you know, Stuart, you're you're leading the way on this this product and initiative. So, I mean, obviously you would know better than I how to use Influencer, but I'll tell you a couple of ways that we are thinking about it. Um, this is just... Total brainstorm at this point because we're so much on the front end of it. One is I sense from what I've heard so far that these are conversations that I would love every middle school student leader to have. Uh, They may not have it at the high school level, and maybe we need to do a little extra prep on the Mm -hmm. leader side. So there's like the mentor who's going there of how to wield those conversations. So that could just happen, I think. And it may happen with some of our middle school leaders, again, who've hit the radar screen through litmus tests like service, opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. The other thing though, and this is maybe a little more dreamy, dreamy, I don't know. But one of the things we're thinking is what if we got this going in high school and then part of being in it in high school was that you met once a month or something with a little cohort of middle school students and talked about this stuff. Hmm. Uh, So now it's our high school leaders turning around going, here's what we've been learning. We know we were just where you were. What do you guys think? And let it be, you get a win-win right there. Mm -hmm. You're doing something with middle school students, but your high school students are involved in it. It's kind of like on-the-job training. I think that's an incredible 
idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I was going to say is that I think it has to be relational. I think mm-hmm. the youth leader needs to have their finger on the pulse of middle school students who may be showing either matu- the maturity or the bandwidth to think leadership. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about your question is the opposite end, because we're in conversations with colleges, because one of the things we need to, I want to make sure all of us hear this. A kid is not going to graduate out of your ministry and you be able to stamp them as leader Mm. because those of us sitting around this table are still figuring out what it means to be influential. Mm -hmm. What we're trying to do, though, is to at least to get them to position their life on a runway that they start mattering for what matters Mm -hmm. in whatever occupation you're choosing. We want you to we don't want to tell you what to think. We want to teach you how to think. Hmm. And I think that can happen in middle school with what Jamie's talking about, and it certainly needs to happen with college students, Love especially that. their freshman and sophomore year, because by your junior year, you're starting, you have to declare a major. What am I going to do? Right. Well, if we've, my, my hope is that because churches start doing influencer or something comparable to it, that what happens is that students begin to make occupation choices based on what they feel like God's stirring in them as it relates to being a leader. That's good. And hey, don't get discouraged. If this feels big, it's not. It can start with one person. It literally can start with one Absolutely. It can start with two. It can start with who you already know. I mean, granted, you should go mine for leaders in your ministry. Find them. Recruit them. Vision cast for them. But like, I have been paralyzed in the past by this. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I don't have the time. This feels really big. I want to do it right. I hate failing. Right. Oh my gosh, I don't know who all needs to be involved. Right. And you know what? Start with one. Right. And now, there's a whole organization that's literally waiting to come alongside you. That's right. We ready. <laughs> so, I, this is, I, I mean, we're, I work at North Point Ministries, and we're resourced out the wazoo, we and we're ready. pumped about it. So. <laughs> so, run, don't walk to influencer, no ease, dot co, no M. <laughs> right? Influencer no ease dot co not m. <laughs> don't spell all that out phonetically though. <laughs> that is I don't the know password. That's, that's, go. that's the Wi-Fi password here. <laughs> that is, that's right. That's right. If you want to hack our system, there you go. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us for this rethinking youth ministry podcast in this very important and very big conversation about leadership. So if you liked what you heard today, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast through your podcast app. And for more great resources and all these show notes that we talked about today, be sure to check out rethinkingym.org. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you soon.